producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com. The ultimate real estate matchmaker, connecting you with top performing agents for 2% commission. Each week, we bring you exclusive interviews with industry experts, covering everything from staging to negotiation strategies to home inspection issues and everything in between. Whether you're selling your home, a first-time home buyer, or a seasoned investor, we've got you covered. Let's make your real estate dreams a reality in this fast-moving and ever-changing real estate market. This program is funded in whole or in part by Trusted Agent USA, Illinois license number 475-145-795. Now, now, here's Larry. To Real Estate Radio, hosted by the real estate therapist Larry Shackman, a top producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, connecting you with top performing agents for 2% commission. Each week, we bring you exclusive interviews with industry experts, covering everything from staging to negotiation strategies to home inspection issues and everything in between. Whether you're selling your home, a first time home buyer, or a seasoned investor, we've got you covered. Let's make your real estate dreams a reality in this fast-moving and ever-changing real estate market. This program is funded in whole or in part by Trusted Agent USA, Illinois license number 475-145-795. Now, now, here's Larry. Welcome to Real Estate Radio, hosted by the real estate therapist, Larry Shackman, a top producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, connecting you with top performing agents for 2% commission. Each week, we bring you exclusive interviews with industry experts, covering everything from staging to negotiation strategies to home inspection issues and everything in between. Whether you're selling your home, a first-time home buyer, or a seasoned investor, we've got you covered. Let's make Make your real estate dreams a reality in this fast-moving and ever-changing real estate market. This program is funded in whole or in part by Trusted Agent USA, Illinois license number 475-145-795. Now, now, here's Larry. All right, you guys, welcome back to, of course, Dylan, name of the show. The Real Estate Radio Show Podcast. You got it. I just lost your audio for a minute. The Real Estate Radio Show podcast. Are we there? Back? We go. Yeah. There we um, go. I don't know what's going on, my man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. I Absolutely know you've been. Fantastic. I know you've been busy the last couple of days. We'll get into that in a minute. I want to. Baby. I want to uh, just take care of a couple of things real quickly. If you guys are watching us live right now on, you know, YouTube. Facebook at the Real Estate Radio Show podcast group or at uh, uh, on LinkedIn at Larry Shackman, you know, wherever you might be watching us, uh, you can comment or you can text 630-296-4329. If you have anything you want to say, but don't necessarily want to hop on, uh, just text us and we'll be able to answer those questions immediately. Um, Dylan? You got a lot going on. Why don't you uh, make the big announcement? Let's not bury the lead, my friend. Um, yeah. So I am moving my business, my loan origination service business to Neighborhood Loans, which is a Chicago-based national lender with corporate office in Downers Grove, um, a few minutes from here and from my house where I'm going to work out of. And uh, we're going to be able to turn around and serve clients better there ultimately 
in terms of the idea that uh, they've got some loan product availability that we're going to be excited to share. Um, and matter of fact, let me hit that real quick. Uh, we're going to do a lot more work on VA loans, uh, which, you know, I'm very passionate about. Uh, the team I'm joining has access to renovation loans, which is important, as we've talked about, for the opportunity to acquire and flip and solve the current inventory issues. And right. the third thing is they've got some nice access to second lien stuff, which is important for the clients in my existing database who we've worked it with before. And really anybody who's got, you know, 3% and lower mortgages now uh, who still needs to access some of their home equity. So excited about it. Uh, excited to get moving. We're still processing and shuffling some paperwork related to licensing and new emails and computers yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, but that should be wrapped up here. Uh, but is it is official. Uh, the the the, uh, the deal was signed a few days ago, and uh, we're up and running. So awesome! And where's that office located again? Office is located in Downers Grove, just off I eighty eight. Oh, awesome! You're right. You're next door to me in Naperville. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I literally, you know that that entrance ramp in Downers that you go to get on eighty eight and shoot west to Naperville. It's on that exit. Yeah. Hey, let's remind everybody also that every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., we're broadcasting live from the studios of WCPT 820 a.m. right in the heart of Chicago, uh, right in Gladstone Park there. And um, be sure to tune in because we have great guests every Saturday. Also, today we may have uh, John Hoffman, who's a big REO agent, hopping on. Uh, with us as well. Nice. I like it. Um, you're just a heads up, refresh yours end of things, Larry, because my video has stopped um, showing you're, you're literally frozen. Um, it's a good look for you. Um, so are you there? Did the whole thing freeze? Huh. All difficulties here. Are you back? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know what I, you were frozen. I might've been frozen on your end. Yeah. Um, so, okay. No cool. biggie. Um, yeah. So tell me what you got on the board today, what you're looking at, you want to discuss, and then we'll. You know, uh, I want to talk about the Fed, Larry. Um, and, and less, well, and, and, and more the things that are affecting the Fed rather than the Fed meeting itself, right? We talked a little bit about last week's Fed meeting last week on Saturday. Um, but I think that the Fed has a couple of interesting things going on that I think the market is coming to grips with. And so you and I have been excitedly uh, watching rates drop from 8% to six and a half. Yeah. It's not like I predicted that or anything. However, we've seen an increase over the course of the last couple of weeks as things have started to shake out here in the first quarter. The most important is look, everybody lowered rates aggressively because bond traders were of the belief we were going to see rates get lowered by the Fed, the rate they control in March. Right. The economic data we've seen so far this year says that's not happening. Um, whether that's the. It's definitely know, not happening in March. Right. That's the January jobs figure that we talked about. There's some inflation figures in the CPI, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're, we're really seeing some stickiness. The other issue is the supply and demand of debt. So today, in an hour, we're going to get information as the Fed is selling $42 billion in um, 
30-year bonds. And if the market yeah. doesn't absorb those well, we could see higher mortgage rates in an hour and a half than we have now. Now, if it does absorb it well, we'll, we'll see them higher. But usually when more supply comes to market, um, the supply and demand equation in life forces the price higher, right? And so at the end of the day, or, or the price lower and the rates higher, really, to be yeah. most, most accurate. So I wouldn't be surprised if we continued to see a trend towards higher rates, not that we're going back to 8%, but that the run lower, and, and I did predict this, didn't I? When I said, we're not going on a straight line to under 6%. From oh, eight. of course not. No. We're going to bounce back a little. Rates will be a little higher. We'll see where things will shake out. And if, and you remember me saying at the beginning of January, if this works for you, you should go get it because you don't know what's happening later. That's and right. That's very much in play currently. So, you know, we have a bunch of clients. Um, and, and, and really not just clients, but if, if, if you're not a client of ours and you want to talk about this sort of thing, if you bought a house in the last half of 2023, the opportunity to grab more affordable financing may be available. And I was talking with a, uh, very specifically with a client last week. He's like, yeah, I saw six and a half, but I'm waiting for six. I'm like, dude, I don't think you should, right? Like you can save $260 a month. I mean, he he was the one guy he closed the highest in August, right? Like he closed at 7875 or something. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it was as high. And so the thing is that there are lots of ways to structure your refinance, especially in Illinois, which is a low-cost refinance state generally, right? Usually refinance for less than a couple of grand in hard costs. And so if you can turn around and save $260 a month and it costs you two grand, you're even in less than a year. Yeah. And so you should do that because you can always refinance again later. It's not necessary to try to guess the bottom because if you try yeah. to do that, that's a fool's errand as we've well, seen over the last couple of years, but especially as it relates to the economic news that we're getting. Yeah. And, and like I've said over and over again, if you think you're going to wait the market out and if you think you're going to be able to predict where things are going, you're going to lose that battle 100 percent of the time. Almost. You, right. If you if you win it, you're just lucky. It's pure luck. But um, yeah, when we were at six and a half percent, if you were waiting for uh, if you were waiting for the rates to get to six percent before you refi or before you go out and purchase um, you, you. Well, now we're at six point what seven, whatever. Yeah, what six, at? seven, five. I mean, you know, for your and it's best not bad, qualify. not bad. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I think it's a very. It's a very workable number. Let's not kid ourselves. That's not, yeah. it's not a bad thing. However, here's the thing I would just tell you. Uh, again, you can't, you can't turn around and guess the bottom. It's just not possible. Exactly. No, you're not going to be able to do that. And if me and you can't do it with a combined 50 years in this business, I, believe me, don't try yes. doing it as a consumer because you're going to lose that battle every single time. I will say exactly. that I think uh, I think the market will absorb that bond uh, sale 
I really do. And I do think that rates that the Fed rate is going to go down in July. I don't think it's going to go down in March, but I do think it will go down in July. And I do think that'll affect rates again. Um, I think the feds are a little, you know, the market is heated up. It really is. I mean, all the numbers, you know, I am not pulling these numbers out of my ass when I talk about them. The (laughs) the numbers are- you're exactly right. The numbers are about not pulling it out of my ass or what? (laughs) It's just kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm not because uh, the reality of it is, is that, and I wanted to get into this a little bit last week and we did towards the end of the show, but uh, we had a great guest on. We had uh, Cliff Capson on of Cliff Capson. Um, consulting. We talked about drive it and all that. Uh, but at the end of the show, we got into a little bit of the numbers here. And I want to, I want to get into that again, because um, as long listen, as we don't get into any more drive it, I'm good. Yeah, we won't, we won't need, we, we got we covered we it covered, all. We covered drive it. And that's important. As a matter of fact, we, I, we have a house on the market right now that's getting about $35,000 in repairs done on their drive it before they sell. Uh, it's already under contract, but they're fixing these drive it repairs before yeah. closing. So the buyer doesn't have to absorb that and we don't have to hear about it on inspection. Right. Um, but it's expensive to fix that stuff. It's not cheap. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, but as far as the numbers go, if you look at all of the numbers, yep. if you look at consumer sentiment, if you look at consumer spending, if you look at the price of some food staples, which have gone down, If you look at, and you know, here's the other thing about food. I want to, you know, food prices. I don't care who the president is or who your senator is or anything else. Who cares? Um, The reality of it is, is that uh, a lot of things affect food prices. The war in the Ukraine affects food prices across the board because of grain. The Ukraine is the largest producer of grain in the world. And when, Russia decides to block the shipping lanes to get that grain to people, uh, that is going to raise the price of grain and other things as well. So, but the other thing that affects uh, food prices are weather patterns. You know, our weather patterns have changed greatly over even the last five years, and we've seen it. Um, So there's a lot of things that affect food prices, but the good thing is, is that Food prices have come down and stabilized. Um, they haven't come down enough, but uh, they have. They some of these staples have come down. Well, so, Larry, the, the thing I think that I think everybody needs to understand the following idea, and that is, even when prices stop accelerating. And, and food can kind of be the exception, but generally they don't come back down. Now you have a new higher base True. rate of expense, right? Like yes. they're like, wow, we, we increased prices 0% last year. It's like, yeah, but they went up 20% two years ago. Correct. So it's 10% a year for two years. Like it's yeah. still not cheap. And, and, and that's a real that's a real thing that has a, an impact on the economy, to your point, 
Oh, yeah. um, but also has a longer term impact on rates as the, 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 we talk about the Fed fighting inflation, fighting the market. It's very tough for them. They want to see a 2% year over year inflation target. But as inflation gets baked in the economy, it's hard to get back down all the way to that target. Yeah. Let's see what uh, we got a couple comments here from a friend of mine, Chuck. Commercial is picking up even with the rates being where they are. That's interesting, Chuck. Yeah, I've, that, heard, I've heard the same thing. I mean, yeah. look, here's the other thing, Larry. I think that commercial is an interesting animal and, and it's real estate related. So let's talk about it a little without getting too bogged down in it. And by the way, Chuck's been in commercial for 25 years. Yeah, well, there you go. I think that one of the things that you you have to recognize is commercial financing generally is five-year financing, right? So you look out from today, you uh, figure out what that number is. And, and normally that engine is built on the idea that the lender gets to review your financials and collect another set of fees at the five-year mark, right? Like that's how that business on the financing front works. So you build that cost into your analysis, whether it's office buildings or medical buildings or storage units, right? So that, that's just the deal. And so ultimately, as we've come out of the low rate environment that we had, lots of people are moving to a situation where they're not going to be able to make the math work if they just kind of hang out and rates go any higher from here. So it, it, here, yeah, it, you know, it, the, the, the thing is that if we can get people in the commercial space to proactively manage their situation or sell, right? Like, hey, we, we you know, especially if you bought in, in the mid 20, you bought before 2020, right? So you bought an office building, you got it at low rates, you got in, you did your improvements, you've increased your value. Maybe your value is not what it was two years ago, but it's mm -hmm. higher than it was when you bought it. You can sell to another operator, book your profits and move on. That's not going to hurt you either. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We're going to have to, I'm going to have to talk with Chuck and have him on. We're going to bring John on here. Let's do that. Oh my man. There he is. Hey boys. What's going on? John, how are you, buddy? Good man. How's things? Heading Good to, to another you. lucky homeowner's house, huh? <laughs> Actually, I'm at another foreclosure home out in beautiful DeKalb right now. So. Oh, really? Yeah, right. Nice. I'm actually staring at the university right across the street. So good location. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was out actually. at Kishwaukee College last week. What was that? I was out at Kishwaukee College up the street there, uh, refereeing basketball. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, that's buy, good. John, good buy that house and rent it out. It's so right. is that house right. well, a deal? You know, is that... what's, what was that? Is that house a deal? Tell us about the house. Nah, it's, it's being rehabbed. It's going to take. You know, it'll take Fanny probably a year or two years to rehab it and, you know, and eventually it'll hit the market and Larry knows the whole program. It'll probably be 20% overpriced plus 9%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fanny has a weird way of pricing. They, they have this totally. three month marketing pricing thing they do that some guy behind a curtain figured out somewhere along the line. And then they also add the curtain, all, man. 
then they also, and it's not John that's behind the curtain. Then they also add to it, because I know he wouldn't price it like they do. Right. Then they also add the cost of all the repairs on top of that to whatever their inflated price is, which is why you see a lot of these uh, foreclosures hanging around on the market for a while because right. they just don't make sense to purchase when they first come on the market. Right. Um, totally. Yeah. It's so got, what I was it's, got, it's gotten priced since the last time I was on, it's gotten worse. I mean, it's just, Oh yeah. You know, you can't even wrap your brain around who, who came up with this business model. I mean, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a part of the machine, but it's, it, there's so much easier ways to do this, you know, than to just sit well, here and sit on these for two years. Yeah. They would get more money for those properties if they priced them just slightly under market value than 30% over market value. They'd get immediate. But, you know, the other thing is there's a 30-day period where they're only going to sell them to owner-occupants, which right. is fine because if they priced it right, they would move these properties in a week. Right. They get these things under contract in a week and you wouldn't have to keep dragging your butt out there to uh, check out, uh, you know, have any windows been broken or do we have any squatters? Well, and keep in mind, too, is a lot of times they'll overprice it and a 30 day window for owner occupants expires. So, well, we'll have investors buy properties that are fully rehabbed for a homeowner and they'll just rent it out, you know, because because by the time they get to the 90 day, 120 day, the price is finally right. Investors will buy. Investors will buy anything at this point. You know, they'll buy anything as long as they can even break even on it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's insane, man. It's it's. You know, I I wish I could sit here and and bundle it up into a nice package and explain it to you, but it's like the oh, REO I, the REO world is just a mess. Yeah, know? I I actually uh, me and you could probably bundle it up real quick, but we'll oh, get, we'll get kicked off the air because there's going to be a lot of f bombs dropped here. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, that's something we should do in a bar. Yeah. No, <laughs> right. we're going to do it here one day, and we're just going to warn people if you don't right. like that, don't listen. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. It's completely crazy and. You know, the foreclosure list at, at Kane County, I mean, I follow that every week and it's slowly growing, but you know, it's, it, it's almost like you're either paying your mortgage on time or you're in forbearance. There's no in between. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I it, it's like, I get people that I got a couple houses that I go to and they haven't paid since 19. Yeah. You know, 2019. I mean, it's like, and they're like, well, I'm in forbearance. It's like, well, do you know what? they're doing with that, you know, with your forbearance. It's like, I don't know. They haven't yeah. gotten back to me. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, doing, great. Nobody literally, I mean, it's literally like that where, you know, even the people in them, they're sitting there going, wow, did I win the lottery or what? You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, actually you did. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You, you think yeah. about that at two grand a month, man, which is a very average mortgage payment, right? Considering yeah, that's the low. property taxes here. Um, if you haven't made a mortgage payment in four years, that's what two hundred thousand dollars. Like to yeah. to have two hundred thousand dollars to spend on mortgage payments, you, you got to earn two eighty or three, depending on your tax bracket. Like that's a massive, massive personal financial windfall on some levels. But I would tell you that most of those people are broke and right. mad at the moon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They're not saving money while they're not paying their mortgage. Right. I didn't have to make a house payment. Keep, keep in mind, too, it's like these houses that they're living in, they also don't have any money to fix it up. 
Yeah. So their property is slowly deteriorating, you know, and, yeah, and the I deferred mean, maintenance can be murder. Oh, the sure. deferred maintenance is huge on these. I mean, when I get these, it's like there's nothing left of these properties. You know, I mean, all the yeah. all the trim's bad, the drywall's bad, the kitchen's bad, the floors are bad. There's nothing left because they have they have no money to fix yeah. any of this stuff up right, right now. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and, and the thing is, I'm sympathetic to that. You know, one of the things we did, we did a lot of research in the original foreclosure crisis 15 years ago. And, you know, as we tried to work with folks on loan modifications and um, getting things worked out for them so they didn't go to foreclosure. One of the things that we learned is by the time somebody misses the first payment, they've had a year of stress. And that stress right. includes deferring maintenance so they can make their mortgage payments, right? right. Skipping car payments yeah, to make mortgage payments, on, right? right? All yeah. that familial stress of uh, not making those payments and that deferred maintenance, it's a year before. Is, and, yeah. and so totally agree. One of the challenges I think Fanny had at the time and still exists is by the time you get around to taking possession of this property, no matter how long you think you've been at it, at a year, Right. To, the, to the family's experience. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Dylan, that is such a great point. I mean, Absolutely. I remember, you know, and John knows this, uh, you know, knocking on doors and just, you know, my whole, my whole approach to this was when I would knock on a door for the first time. Right. And we're, we put our little, our little notice up and knock on the door and see right. if anyone's answering. If someone answers my, my job was, as far as I'm concerned, is to let them know I'm on their side. I'm not, no one's coming here to take your, you know, no one's going to kick you out of your house tomorrow. And that's not the way this works. And what I would typically tell people is, you know, wait until I put a cash for keys notice on your door and then get right. in touch with me immediately. And the, the servicer is actually going to help you make that move out of this house and keep you as whole as possible, at least give you moving expenses. Right. But until then, no one's coming by to, uh, to you know, kick you out of the house. And if anybody does, it's a scam. Kick them away. Kick them to the curb because that's not how this works. Um, am I right? Is it is that right, John? That's still the way it works, right? We got we lost John. Yeah, we might have lost John. Right, we lost John totally. He raised a really good point for sure. But that's how it works. I mean, you know, no one no one is going to immediately uh, come to your house. So, as a matter of fact, we have a property that's under contract, and I just without naming names, obviously, or anything like that, or where the property is located. But we have a property that uh let me bring john back on we have a property that's what uh, happens when you get a phone call <laughs> yeah no i get it uh so we have a we have a property john that's uh on the market right now that's under contract closing in march uh has a con contractual closing date of march 14th right mm -hmm. chase called uh chase called the seller up today and said you need to make this $2,200 payment today to stop this from going into foreclosure. As a matter of fact, someone visited the house like me and you typically did right. the first time today. 
uh, Chase had someone go out there and take a walk around a visual, <laughs> probably doing a uh, an exterior BPO on the house, taking some pictures, giving them some idea of what's going on there, right? right. And uh, so the client was asking me, well, do I need to pay this or can I just wait until you know, March 14th, when we close, cause I have equity in the house. I said, look, here's the deal. Once that house goes into foreclosure, everything changes. Right. It gets a lot stickier. It gets a lot more complicated. I'm a title agent. So I've had to remove list pendants from homes that were in foreclosure or had other, uh, loans on there that were in arrears. And it's not super difficult to do, but I can tell you this right now, your lender is not your friend when you get into right. that position. They are not your friend. They're going to do let's, everything they let's can. Let's call it your servicer, Larry, just to be more <laughs> servicer, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. No. Good totally. point, Dylan. Your servicer <clears throat> yeah. is not your friend. In this case, though, Chase is not this client's friend. And what right. I told them is, if they told you you have to pay twenty two hundred bucks today to avoid going into foreclosure. And that only takes them out to three, one. And our closing date is three fourteen. Right. I said, get your butt in there and pay that 2,200 bucks. Because once it goes into foreclosure, yeah, all bets are off. All bets are off. <clears throat> Other things come on your title that we're going to have to remove. It gets a lot stickier and right. uh, you don't want to do that. So yeah, you're, you're, and you're right not your lender, your servicer is not your friend. Right. The right. only friends they have are their stockholders, are their shareholders. <clears throat> That's their friends. Other than that, you ain't, you ain't getting any, uh, they're not going to Yeah, there's no them. consideration and I get it. None. Right. I mean, one of the, look, one of the things they've learned is you can never really have enough faith to decide who to do favors for and who not to, right? Because human nature being what it is, you start giving people breaks and they look for more breaks. You know, give them an inch, they take a mile. And I get right. it. They're in financial distress. Like there's no good way in terms of <clears throat> when to move forward with the foreclosure. So you just have to say, look, these are the dates and this is this, you know, one of them, one of the morbid things in servicing just as a, as a, an example, that doesn't have to do with foreclosure. Um, but I think it's the same spirit. The servicers of reverse mortgages have electronic death notice notifications, and they get them every day from all over the country. And as soon as they get a, a name match with somebody they have in their servicing portfolio, they check it out and they immediately file notice to foreclose. Why? Because in the states that it takes a year, a year and a half, two years for that Five process years. to wind through the courts. Illinois. <laughs> right. They, they don't want to be in a situation where they've delayed the beginning of the exercise of their legal rights. Meantime, the poor family is like, move mom to the nursing home or, the, or, or in this case, the death notice, right? They're at the funeral and the foreclosure's already been filed. And it's not that they want to foreclose. Like, you've got six months to a year to... Have the estate dispose of the property, whatever that looks like, right? Refinance right. it and keep it, or turn around and put it on the market, or whatever the case is. But you have to do it under the cloud of the pending foreclosure dates. Yeah. Because otherwise they'll just foreclose because yeah. they don't want it to get delayed. And yeah, so I have a couple of those, I have a couple of those, Dylan, those REO 
you know, the reverse, excuse me, the reverse mortgages. I've got a couple of those listings and they're, you yeah, know, the reverse mortgage is a fine product. It's just the, the servicing end of things is, is it's impossible to turn around and make a case by case exception for anybody, right? Whether it's right, a 96 right. year old person who's going to the nursing home because of their uh, uh, reverse mortgage situation, or it's, I can't make my payments, right? No matter, and no matter right. what the reason, job loss, divorce, death, like they don't care. Right. It, it's yeah. unfortunate, but the system does not care. Yeah. yeah I, I think in the REO world, I think that we've let it, you know, we didn't help enough back in 08, 9, 10, 11. We, we've overhelped now. And it's, it's, you don't have a, a free market as it should be. You know, some people just shouldn't own a home. I mean, period. I've known a few of them, you know, and they just bumble along and they're like, man, I can't make my payments. I bought two motorcycles. Um, You know, yeah, it happens, you know, and they don't, they're, they're over nurturing that now. If you don't, you know, now it's, you've got this pile up in the, you know, in the back room of people that aren't, that aren't paying that really, and they might be in forbearance and they'll never pay. I'm yes. just, I'm telling you, I, I can, I can sense that from the houses I go to, the people I've been talking to, and just in general. I mean, if you look at some of the forbearance stats, I mean, I think 28% of them, the people were never even worked anything out. They just disappeared. They didn't work out. A for, they they applied, they talked to the bank, and then they disappeared. And the banks are like, well, we don't know, you know, the guy never got back to us. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's 28% right. of them that are just hanging in the wind. You know, I just... It's not a free market. And then, you know, you know, I hear like the government going, hey, we're going to do a turn, convert, uh, you know, commercial space into condos and stuff. And I mean, you know, supposedly they're there to try to help us to get more inventory. Well, then why is Fannie back in October dumping a portfolio of underperforming loans? I think it was like 3,400 loans. They dumped it off to an investor. But of course, they put in the notes that, you know, but the investor had to work with that the people to keep their homes. Well, that's going to last. Once they take over the thing, that's going to last about two weeks. They're going to go, hey, you got your money? No, great. Get out. And they're going to become rentals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, to me, and, it's, it's, it, it, they talk out of both sides of their mouth, and it doesn't make any sense. And that's them, a but, really you know. good point, John, because one thing that, you know, we, we deal with now that we didn't deal with 10, 12 years ago, or even less than that, are these corporate hedge funds that are buying up houses yeah. all over the country, a lot, much more in the South than they are here. Right. But um, they're buying up swaths of right. single family homes that they're turning into rentals that are never going to be on the market again. Right. Or won't be on the market again for a long, long time. Right. So it's, that, it's that's a mess. What's yeah. that? I said, it's a mess, man. Yeah. It is. I still get calls, you know, from stuff I have listed. That's a Fannie rehab. That's beautiful. And they're like, Hey, can you get them down? We're a corporate buyer out of uh, Tulsa. You know, it's like, really, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, know how this works, dude. You yeah. Don't... And this is a, this is a $350,000 house in Yorkville, Illinois. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't, I, I, you know, and they're like, come on, we'll pay you full price and all. It's like, yeah, okay. Right. I've heard that before, but it is. It's crazy. They all, everyone's still, you know, or they want to convert them into Airbnbs, you know? Yeah, I'm in, or condo deconversions. Yeah, Chuck, that's a good yeah. point. We're going to have to have Chuck on because I really want to talk about the, uh, the commercial space because, you know, in a lot of these big municipalities, there's 50% vacancy 
in the downtown areas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're sitting there not knowing what to do with this space. And with interest rates, you know, like me and Dylan were talking about up, down and, you know, their their debts going up. So Dylan, explain that a little bit. Like if uh, if they got this property, this big commercial property right. 10 years ago, and now the, their debt has increased substantially because of rates. What does that do to their books? Well, it, it, it does a couple of things, Larry. Obviously, the first one is, look, it affects the monthly cash flow, but it becomes a cascading sort of problem, right? So if your cost of financing goes up, and let's say it goes up to 10% more percent of your gross revenue, it, it's going to turn around and not just eat into your margins, but now you got to raise the rent. Maybe you can't raise the rent, right? You can't recover all that money. You have other expenses going up at the same time, but just the fact that your financing costs go up puts you in a situation where it makes your property less valuable. And the reason is specifically on the commercial side of the business, but really any business, right? Commercial real estate is much more a business than residential real estate for the owner. So that person is able to sell that property for some multiple of the cash flows as it relates to the financing available in the current marketplace. So if you have a you know a $10 million building and the monthly payment is, let's pull a number out of the air, right? 20 grand. And that number goes up to 25 grand, well, you may experience a tw- that's 20% increase, 25% increase. You could experience a 20% decrease in your value from eight, 10 million to 8 million. And it's all on paper but you've lost $2 million in value oh, yeah. because your cost of financing went up. Yeah. 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 And that's what a lot of these commercial, these uh, companies that own these huge commercial buildings in downtown uh, areas are facing because they don't have anyone to raise the rent on. Yeah. They're gone. Well, and, yeah. and look, that's one of the reasons I think why real estate flippers in the commercial space, even when they get a property that, they are able to convert, right? They they have a half rented office building, um, or something else, right? Where they come in and they're going to turn around and and manage it, and they they improve the property, better tenants, better amenities, all this other stuff. They want to cash out and book that profit because you could take mm-hmm. a property from being worth five million dollars to seven million dollars, and then rates go up and you're worth five million again. But all the money you invested still cost you money. So it's better to get in, do your deal and get out to an owner operator. Yeah. yeah. Hey Dylan, you know, so remember we we've talked in the past few weeks about DSCR loans, right? Yep. And where that sweet spot is <laughs> if your debt service coverage is around 1.25, you're golden. Well, right. look, look right at there. Yeah, see what Chuck just mentioned is that most lenders want a minimum of 1.2 uh debt service coverage. So if all of a sudden you don't have that, they're looking at you with their side eye, right? Right, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, I I don't think the uh, there Chuck's a DSCR loan lender, and uh, he actually said he's doing a lot of bridge loans now for flips, for commercial flips, which. Is oh. interesting because I didn't think there those you. existed. 
Yeah. Well, you know what? It doesn't surprise me, Larry, to the point that I just mentioned it, the people that they're that much like re the residential side of the business, you really fragmented into focus, right? Where you say, hey, look, we're either going to be a flipper and we're going to uh, buy, fix, <laughs> repair, and go. We talked weeks ago with Sam Prim, right? About, uh, you know, buy refinance, you know, buy, repair, rent, refinance, right? The, BRR. Burr, the Burr method. Yeah. Right? And so Sam's doing it all. But I think that in commercial more specifically, you find yourself in a situation where- Oh, Chuck said residential flips. He's doing those on. So you can end, you can find yourself in a situation where as the market is shifting, you got to stay focused on either, especially on the commercial side, flipping right and and becoming a, an effective operator that has a building that is doing better but it, but to turn around and, and make those kind of capital improvements in a property and then not capture your gains and mm -hmm. leave that to the vagaries of the market particularly the interest rate market that could be a recipe for financial ruin on the commercial side yeah, yeah me meanwhile with all this going on right like with all crazy stuff happening with the commercial market the reo market which is always insane because you have people running it and i don't mean john but i mean people in dallas or wherever the hell they are running <laughs> yeah. it that have no clue what they're doing when it no, comes no. to selling For real sure. estate we can For both sure. attest to that you know please. you know what a lot of these places are they're just undermanned that's and they're undermanned now. I'm, yeah, they that's what I'm discovering now is that they're just undermanned. You you send an, a, a, a semi-critical email to somebody, it takes two to three weeks for them to respond. Yeah, and by that time, the house is on fire. And <laughs> right. you know. it's, it's awesome. we already took care of it. Thanks. Oh, you know, but I listen, mean, check this out. With all this going on, right? Commercial, REO, uh, everything else. We see some good numbers, but with everything going on, all this mishmash, right? The stock market's going freaking crazy. You know, we're yeah. over 38,000. We're, uh, the stock market yesterday, I think, went up another almost 200 points. And uh, so, you know, where does Main Street and Wall Street meet? Yeah, <laughs> look, look at the jobs. Look at the jobs. I mean, the jobs are through the roof. But at the same time, if you really, if you look under the hood with that, it's uh, most of it's part-time jobs or government-created jobs. I mean, uh, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the yeah. hell's happening. It's, I mean, people aren't paying their credit cards. They're not paying their cars. You know, uh, uh, but they're still emerge, spending. Emergency. Yeah, it's they're just spending. spending. I mean, I get freaking rough. <laughs> I've gotten a couple of kids, like my kids' age, that are, you know, whatever to be named later, but they're like. You know, they go going to buy a house and they're they're debted to the max. They got the two car payments and seven hundred each, and their money's just barely making it. But they're good with it. Like, let's go. You know, yeah. yeah I, I don't know, man. I just I look at this, this. It's just this gigantic balloon that just keeps getting bigger. And who am I to say? I've had you know people tell me you're nuts. It's everything's great. Okay. Well, everything you know? definitely isn't great, but it's not as bad as it could be, and it's nowhere near what it was in 2008, 2009, 2010, because the dynamics are just completely different now than yeah. they were back then. 
I, I don't think we're going to see any kind of housing bubble or anything like that, specifically because there's just not enough houses on the market to have any housing bubble. And well, no, these investors now will take them at a loss. They yeah. don't even care. It's yeah. like, give me every, they want to own every house there is. So any house you own right now, you may want to keep it because you may never get another one, you know? Literally, yeah. It, that's what's happening. You it's know? really, it's really, um, kind of messing with the market it really oh, is absolutely it's, you know these, these corporate hedge funds that are coming in and it, it's total dislocation larry i think the inventory problem largely would be solved if they had not been allowed to buy or if they're buried to entry uh thanks chuck thanks chuck. Um, if their barrier to entry was higher right because at the end of the day i i think john you mentioned earlier look some people just shouldn't be homeowners and i get that but I don't totally, know if yeah. we had an imbalance of rental property availability in the marketplace when uh, hedge funds were not in it. And, and the thing that they've really effectively done over the last 10 to 15 years, well, maybe the last seven is probably closer to accurate, is they've built the systems to effectively manage it, right? Like I, it was, it used to be every single house was different. Every single house needed a different management to situation, but they've come in and standardized this stuff. And, and I was reading an article once you said, you know what the most interesting thing is that the nationalization of businesses and the supply chain for housing has made it very easy because now you just run your business. If you're one of these hedge funds and you have a management company arm, you're like, look, these are the toilets we buy from Home Depot. These are the screws. These are the paint right. colors. And it totally doesn't matter yeah. where you are in the country, right? You can be in suburban Atlanta or you can be in a high rise in Chicago oh, yeah. or wherever you are. And you're like, this is what we buy, right? As opposed to one-offing everything. And they'll go through the expense because, again, they're playing the long game, right? They'll rent forever. They're never putting right. that house back into their That's rental. That's their intention. Pool. Exactly. So if right. they have to rip up the plumbing out of a house to retrofit it for these Home Depot toilets because they weren't built to the right specs when the house was built, like, you know, some house in DeKalb that was built in 1947, right? Yeah. And they'll turn around and be like, well, rip all the plumbing out, retrofit it to the current stuff and let's go. And if it costs them 10 grand to do it, they're like, well, that affects quarterly earnings, but we'll just raise the rent and we'll be fine next quarter. Right. And they're right. Yeah. 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 You know, we talked with uh, Ivan and Jackie Miranda bomb a couple of uh, weeks ago and they're big Chicago uh, real estate developers. They own a lot of multifamily, you know, 12 units, six units, whatever. And they do exactly. And they suggested to every other uh, investor that was listening that day too, um, when they buy a property, they're, they're using the same paint colors all the time. They're using the same. So they always have this stuff. And that's that's the way to do it. That's how I did it when I was um, when I was flipping homes right after I got out of the REO market. That's what we did. You know, you know, you paint the ceiling, the eggshell, this you do that. You you put these appliances in. This is the floor, the uh, the flooring we use. And once you get that whole thing down, 
um, it can become very profitable. And that's right. why these hedge funds are doing it. They're not doing it because, you know, they're taking a shot and seeing what happens. They, they're doing it because they know housing goes up and they'll hold on to the house for 20 years as a rental. They don't right. care. Right. Yeah. That's why well, there's nothing the other, the other available. unintended consequence is some people are just forced to keep renting because there's no homes for them to buy. Right. Totally, because, yeah. and, and it's because the hedge funds are holding the homes in the rental pools. And yep. so it's not making it to the purchase pool and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Hey, we have tenants because nobody's willing to sell their house. You, you add to that a, a, an overwhelming majority of homeowners who have 4% and under mortgage rates, like 80% of the houses that are financed, even now, a couple of years later after this market um, that we've had, 80% of the homes that have financing have it under 4%. Yeah. And only 60% of the houses in the market have financing. 40% are owned free and clear. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's crazy because we're just dealing with so many things. You know, the real estate market is always changing, right? It's so it's so <clears> dynamic <throat> and things change. And uh, but Larry, hey, Larry, you've been in it as long as I, you know, I mean, I, it's like. This is the weird where you where you you couldn't see what was kind of you could always kind of see what was coming. Right. right now it's I don't know what the hell's going on. Who knows? Could spring be, market, summer market. Yes, I mean market. the spring market will right. probably be a last year's spring market was a bust. You know, it was like I there actually, was there wasn't enough going on. You John, know? you are so right. I honestly mm -hmm. believe the summer market's gonna be a better market than the spring market. You, this you're year probably right. I'm telling because, you, man. Uh, but you just don't I know do, what's coming. Yeah, I I really I really believe that that it's a, now the good news is rents have actually gone down not yeah, a lot by have. about one percent though so right. we are starting to see that you know uh, we're starting to see that uh, John did you just get into an accident or what <laughs> you know I don't know what happened or <laughs> I'm kidding um, so uh, here let me just change my <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, but you know, we, um, we yeah, go. rents have gone down a little bit. The price of housing has also, <clears throat> you know, kind of stabilized. Now you still have these houses where if they're in great condition in great areas, really sought after, you're going to get multiple offers on them, or at the very least, you're going to sell them quickly. Right. Um, but you know, we're seeing some, some things, lighten up on the rental side, which is good. Because yeah, a little bit. I have seen that too, a little bit. Little bit, not right. a lot, but it's, right. it's, let's put it this way. It's trending the right way right. for people that rent because rents have really been out of control and they've totally really, yeah. they've, they've been a real problem for people. Yeah. My son and his three buddies, his three roommates rent a house from invitation homes. West Chicago, 2,500 square foot house. If this place is, is so, talk about deferred maintenance, Dylan. It's like, <laughs> I, I mean, the shutters are falling off. Uh, all they do is fix, is the is there a plumbing leak? <laughs> they, they come over, if there's a, a shutter that's broken and falling off, they take both the shutters off. Well, they're like it's like your death insurance. I don't call it health care. I call it death care. Yeah. So it's like your death care in that um, 
they're going to help you as little as possible right. and they're going to spend as little as possible. Cause right. guess what? They don't care about you. They care they, about they, your, their share. They've been, there, they've been there three years. They raised the rent, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, 3%, whatever. And they're like, they try to negotiate it. It's like, nah, they can move out then. Yeah. They'll get another renter in, in a week. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the rental thing is just what a mess that is. You know, our kids, kids, what are they going to be? What are they going to be buying? You know, a $500,000 one bedroom apartment in what? East side of Aurora. Well, we don't No offense. You know, Hey man, East side of Aurora isn't that bad. Present, um, but you know, the, uh, yeah, I, the thing it's what we don't know that's coming. That is that $64,000 question, right? It's always what you don't know. Like no yeah. one imagined rents would be insane like they are now. When I when I first rented my first apartment, which was, you know, Fred Flintstone was still getting his car repaired at wherever. Um, right. I what was what was your first apartment that you rented, Dylan? Mine was I think four hundred and fifty dollars a month. You know, yeah, three thirty five in Glen Ellen. I never rented in my life. Okay, good for you. <laughs> But Good. the first place I bought in 1993, the mortgage payment on it, it was a $76,000 uh, above the garage quad townhouse, right? Two bedrooms, 800 square feet. I'm, I might have paid hey, on a mortgage on, payment. Right. I might have paid 700 bucks. Yeah, hold, hold on. Hey, yeah. boys, I got a split, man. All right, but, bud. Uh, Thanks for joining I, us, I man. Good Glad to, to have talk you to you guys. I'll see yeah. you next time. Yeah, we'll All talk right, to you soon. Take, Take care, care, John. Be careful. So yeah, Larry, um, I think that there's a lot of look, one of the one of the things I think that is interesting, I'm gonna mention it from a mortgage qualification standpoint to bring that circling back around. Uh -huh. And hold on, I just got an NMLS notification about my license. Nice. State of Illinois has approved my license transfer to oh neighborhood loans. You fooled them no. again. No, Thank I'm God. Um, well, you know, the funny thing is I I, you know, I'm 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 licensed in 12 states to serve you better, right? And uh yeah. That's, you know, that, you know I, I won't bore everybody with the list of states, but like 11 of them approved me yesterday. And the one I need is Illinois. And it didn't happen till today. Yeah. So anyway, circling back, one of the interesting things is rent has become so expensive that we almost always were having conversations with first time buyers about how it's going to be OK, even though you're increasing your house payment, even by as much as 25 or 30 percent by buying because of the tax deduction issue, right? Because you'll get, you can get some, you, you either get a big tax refund or you can get more money in your paycheck. If you talk to your, if you talk to your employer and change your withholding and get that tax benefit dripped out over time. So you get more in your check to make that house payment. We don't have that conversation anymore. You know why? Some people are actually trying to buy a house to cut their payment. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, less so now with rates closer to seven, but but a hundred percent in that window, 21, 22, early 23, and wait rates were still sub six. The math was the landlords had raised the rent so much, right? Landlords were passing through 30% increases plus in rent that you could absolutely buy a place. That's one of the reasons of those and kind of one of the unspoken reasons or unidentified reasons to the public of why we were so swamped with buyers relative to the amount of houses available, right? The lines out the door, you remember from two and three years ago. 
Oh, that yeah. happened largely because it was literally cheaper to buy than than rent for most first-time buyers, even at a minimal down payment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so, you know, it's gonna be really interesting to see how this all plays out as this year moves forward. I, I mean, I think we both agree we're not seeing a Fed drop in March. Um, I think there's a good chance we'll see it in July. I still think we're going to see two or three Fed rate drops this year, which uh, could or maybe not, but could right. affect mortgage rates. Um, and uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, it's just right. there's so you. many, especially, you know, an election year, so much yeah. stuff going on. Uh, you're not wrong, my man. You're not we're going to have to see what's going on. So one more time, name of the company you're with now and, uh, your contact information, uh, neighborhood loans, phone number <laughs> remains the same at 630-708-7088. Go ahead and shoot me a text or a call there. And I can get you the email information, all the other compliance stuff, all that stuff's going to be and, and mostly is set already um but yeah. let's not bore everybody by posting it here call or text 630-708-7088 it's the best way to get a hold of me yeah all right dylan awesome talking to you as always Good we'll stuff, see Larry. hey on, we're gonna talk uh, more about va loans on saturday right i want to go okay. deep we'll go deep saturday on va loans yeah if you're a if you're a, a veteran and you're looking to buy give dylan a call uh, he's an expert on VA loans. He'll be able to help you. And the VA loan product is amazing. I think hey, we're, we're, you know what, we're going to do a little myth busting kind of stereotypical myth busting on Saturday. I think that that's a great place to start. One of my roles with this new company is going to be to bump up their level of service to the veteran community. And mm -hmm. so let's start leaning in right away. Yeah. All right, man. See you on Saturday. You Thanks brother. Morning. All right, bud. See you. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up. Before we do, I uh, just want to thank the sponsors of our show every single week. The first, of course, is Trusted Agent USA, trustedagentusa.com. Go there and you're going to work with the best agents in your area at the most reasonable commissions. But you're also, as you could see at the bottom of the screen, if you're in the Chicago Metro or in Illinois, we're going to be able to save you, <clears throat> excuse me, a ton of money on title, which is your second biggest expense when you're selling your home uh, next to, of course, real estate commissions. So uh, one other thing, of course, if you guys are interested in getting the book, the top tens of real estate, 32 proven top 10 real estate lists that are really going to help you max out your profit when you sell, buy, or invest. You can get that for free. Simply text the word book to me at 630-921-0611, and I'll get you a link to get that book for free. Uh, and you guys can check that out. So until we see you guys again on Saturday, uh, remember, Saturday morning, 9 to 10 a.m., 8.20 a.m., uh, WCPT in the Chicago metro market. You can listen in on the radio there, or you can catch us on Facebook at the Real Estate Radio Show Podcast Group or on, uh, on uh, YouTube 
or LinkedIn as well. All right, you guys have an awesome, awesome day, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on Real Estate Radio with your host, Larry Shagman, the real estate therapist and top producing broker. Now go to trustedagentusa.com and save thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Illinois license number 475-145-795. Tune in next week for the ultimate real estate radio experience. Thanks for joining us on Real Estate Radio with your host, Larry Shagman, the real estate therapist and top producing broker. Now go to trustedagentusa.com and save thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Illinois license number 475-145-795. Tune in next week for the ultimate real estate radio experience.